2: bean.
0: Hello, you're
2: sticking with that are yes. you? Gavin, uh, Gavin Osborne tweeted me this week and he said uh, that he was strongly behind oh. the hello old bean okay. revival, the revival. Uh, which reminded him of his dad who also used to uh, get the impression Gavin's dad used to alternate between hello old bean mm. and hello old scrote.
0: Scroat, then that's the one I haven't heard for a while. Scroat's
2: great Ooh. isn't it? I mean it's Less family friendly, I guess. Mm. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, is... I wasn't entirely sure on first thought that that was its meaning, but. It
2: has to be, doesn't it? It's short for. Scrotum. Yes. Mm. Tell you who I used to like Roland Rivron as Dr. Martin Scrote on Jonathan Ross's chat show, The Last Resort. Oh,
0: okay. My memory fails me, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Dr. Martin Scrote. Mm. He was very good, Roland Rivron. Mm. What happened to him? I'm just sure he's still around do you and to do it? it. Well, I've done a bit. I mean, I think he turned up on Twitter for a while, oh, but yeah. uh, I, I found him really funny and then he, he sort of vanished. Maybe he made his money and thought, I'm done here. Why That'll would I put myself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope that's what happened to yeah, him. Yeah. Cause, you know, uh, my, my low self esteem will often look for people I thought, oh, they were really quite good and then they never got work again. <laughs> So, you know, that's what I'm seeking out on a subconscious level to reaffirm my my worst fears right, about yeah. my own career. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's happy. I'm sure. He's very good. He did, um, like, I, th- I think a six-part comedy – I don't even think it was comedy-drama. I think it was straight-up comedy where he played maybe himself – Reuniting with Tracking down and reuniting With six long lost brothers it Oh re- I mean I remember it being really good I don't know if it's one of those things You go back to And uh, it hasn't stood the test of time But he was really good I hope things I, I wish him nothing but well I know nothing Nothing about him Maybe he's listening Maybe it would be unlikely yeah. I think he was on Virgin Radio Before me and Pete started there He might have I don't think we took his slot But I think he'd done that slot Maybe a year or two previously
0: Hey okay. Maybe yeah. you're, he's your, you're his enemy.
2: You think I'm his Betty Noir? <laughs> <Yeah>. Betty Noir. <laughs> not Betty Blue. Is Betty Blue a play on Betty Noir? No, surely not. I don't know. No. Anyway, uh, Roland Riveron, Scroat, Hello Old Scroat, Gavin. Oh, I've got some news. Okay. Didn't have a stroke after last week's podcast.
0: Oh, we are all waiting to hear Yes. It. I hadn't even asked. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just waiting for you to let me know.
2: It, it carried on throughout the evening. And then I had a bowl of cereal. Right, and things really took an upturn from that point onwards. You, so it's possible I was hungry. Yeah, I'm
0: just saying. Did you, did, you, did you take anything from that? You were hungry. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, let me t- let me just tell you two two things that happened in the street in uh, in in the last couple of days. One doesn't go anywhere. Uh, I was walking down Stoke Newington High Street, and I saw a co- an unaccompanied man. Shouting at a pigeon, and he shouted at it, "You're a crap pigeon!"
0: Wow, it's
2: a funny it's thing to say. To on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how is he evaluating pigeons. Yeah, what's how the was... criteria? I don't know. Not shimmery. <laughs> It had a pedicure and its feet looked lovely.
0: Yeah, maybe it wasn't pecking at a pile of sick. It wasn't like doing what pigeons are supposed to do. It was
2: really weird. He sort of seemed unaware that anybody was listening to him. And I'm not sure if I'd have asked him about the criteria for what makes a good pigeon. Mm, He he would have been operating in the same dimension as the rest of us. So there was that. And then yesterday, my wife and I were walking to the London Underground Station. And there was... A homeless person. Now, as, as we're approaching them, I was putting some gum in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm walking towards them, put gum in my mouth. I pat my pockets and realise I don't have any money on me. Right. So I say to them, I'm so sorry I don't have any money on me, but would you like some gum? And they say, oh, yeah, thank you. And I give them some gum. Okay. And then Sarah kind of chastised me. She said, I think you're supposed to offer them food, not gum.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not strictly food, is it? I, I was surprised they accepted it, but so if they hadn't done, would you have felt humiliated?
2: A Little bit, but mm. my, my thinking was more I've got a thing in my hand. Yeah. I want to show that I'm a generous person. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to give you something. Yeah. And you do not want to give them your, your, your house keys. Yeah. So it was gum. No,
2: nor my time. No. <laughs> no Attention, no. help, anything. No, Just no. something of a very, very quick transactional nature. Mm hmm. So who, who's right and who's wrong?
0: I sort of think it's—I sort of think you're right. To be honest, it's kind of fine. It's These are, nice. This is what I like to hear. It's better, but you know, this is
2: what I like to hear. Do you want to shout downstairs and tell Sarah she's in tonight? No,
0: like cause if she told me the same story, I'd be like, "Yeah, I kind of think you're in the right."
2: You—you <laughs> <laughs> um, you just had dinner with my wife. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I cooked.
0: You cooked, yeah.
2: I found the perfect chili paneer. Paneer. Sorry, I feel like I'm just a bit waffly and rambly tonight, and not, this doesn't go anywhere. I'm about to tell you I cooked something nice in the hope that Annabelle will compliment the meal, <laughs> and then we can I maybe. Mean, I don't know.
0: Shall I? Shall I just cut the chase and say it was incredible? Well, and then we can move on. Yeah but, yeah,
2: but I'm obsessed with this one dish, chili paneer. People will have heard me talk about it before, and I've you know sometimes we'll travel the length and breadth of the city trying to find the perfect version. And I've got a few spots in my mind. If people are interested, roti chai is the one in the West End that does the best version. If you want to go go out to Harrow uh, or Wembley. Sacconis in Wembley is very good. Rams in Harrow is very good. You know, I've got I've got a mental map of where does the best chili paneer. But I've struggled to replicate it at home and I must have tried a dozen recipes at this point. And then somewhat recently I started following an Instagram account called I think it's pronounced Sanjana S A N J A N A feasts. And Oh my god the pictures of the food that this woman cooks it's like it's like I'm not a great one for looking at pictures of food but I can look at her stuff and just salivate mm-hmm. it's so good if I won the lottery I would invest in a restaurant with her to design and have her design the menu oh I
0: thought you were going to go private chef <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday this is the kind of circle I mix in I was talking to somebody yesterday who has a live-in housekeeper. What? Yeah. Wow. I, w- I wouldn't like – and our next-door yeah. neighbours uh, have, have previously, had, previously had au pairs. A lot of middle-class people have au pairs, don't they? But I, I, I couldn't – I'd find the small talk too excruciating, even if it was somebody I really liked. I don't want to see anybody that isn't part of my immediate family like when I'm in pyjamas, for example –
0: I find it hard living with like my partner and son, let alone a complete stranger. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't need yeah. anyone else around. No. And
2: don't get me wrong, I'd love to live a life, a pampered life of unfettered luxury, yeah. but I think it would be too high a price for me to pay. Yeah, yeah. Having people around the house that I'd even, I'm sure you don't. This is, this is, not, I was thinking about, um, we rewatched Succession recently, and I lo- love that. F- show and love that world that it's set in but i was thinking i would much rather take a taxi than have my own chauffeur
0: because it wasn't the same person every time yes yeah yeah i
2: don't want a relationship
0: i wonder if you've got a housekeeper you've got a house that's big enough that you're not bumping into but each other.
2: but you or not. but you're not never my point is you're not never bumping into them mm-hmm. and then you're just like having some kind of awkward exchange well, I don't like it when the cleaner's here.
0: Maybe, they hide in the loft. If you're the kind of person that's earned enough money to get a housekeeper, you're also the kind of person that would be like, I don't have to talk to this person. Right, yeah,
2: yeah, really, yeah, you know, yeah. So I need to sort of work on those skills. Yeah. Not <laughs> treating those people like they're human. Yeah, yeah, that, It's like there's some skills. kind of robot there yeah, to serve me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this chilli paneer was excellent. And, uh, and if, I, if I won the lottery, would, well, that's, that's why I wouldn't hire as a private chef, but I would invest in a restaurant. Not if I just won the regular lottery. It'd have to be the Euro millions. Of course. Yeah. And it'd have to be one of those weeks where it had rolled over to like 50 or 70 million or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, like most restaurants, they don't succeed. No. I know nothing. It'd be a commercial disaster. <laughs> but I would still like to just turn up and be able to eat this food whenever. Yeah. I'd also like all the people in the restaurant like being on edge because the owner was in. <laughs> <laughs> so you do like it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll. I'll Plug that Instagram account. you you followed it. I already have. It's so good. She's got these tandoori Hasselback potatoes. (laughs) I look forward to looking at them. She made chocolate cookies, which had some kind of belpuri in them. What? Or chevda, but similar. I mean, it just looks, everything she makes looks amazing. Um, and this is the first time I tried one of her recipes, and and having tried to make this chili paneer for for years, like literally years, I feel like I found the perfect version.
0: You cracked it! It was it was really amazing. Oh, thank it you, was like, <laughs> thank you. I, was,
2: I wasn't fishing for a compliment. No,
0: no, no, no. no. <laughs>
2: Right, correspondence time. Let's hear what the drifters have been getting in touch
1: with.
0: First one's from Glenn. I've been invited by a mutual friend to his house to meet some of his wife's friends from Ipswich. We live in Hertfordshire. I only knew one of them well, so picked him up en route so I didn't arrive alone. He got in the car very flustered and said that his wife had been really upset by a woman they both knew. Let's call her Jane Doe. I didn't know Jane Doe, but on the way to this party, my friend continued to rant about how annoying she was and how much she had upset his wife and so on and so on. I don't spread gossip and I don't like to say mean things about people as a rule so I just listened to his rant for the length of the journey. Side note in the midst of this rant my friend made many many negative comments about this girl's belief that she was very good looking despite the fact she was in his opinion at least and in his own words very ugly and a meddling so and so. Flash forward a few hours and the evening was painful. It had split into the Ipswich lot and the Hertfordshire lot, with not much interaction despite the host's best efforts. In the end, he suggested playing poker. Whilst we were playing, chat did improve and it was all going very well. I still felt a bit awkward and hadn't contributed much, so kept trying to interject with a funny gag or anecdote, only for it to fizzle out. And this left me with a desperate (laughs) need to feel like I was this great guy who was really funny (laughs) and everyone liked. Stupid I know. (laughs) A big hand was lost by one of the Ipswich lot who threw down his cards and remarked that his hand was ugly from the start. Here was my chance to look cool. Uh, So I don't know why I said this. uh, And I've kicked myself every day for the five years since. But here goes. I lean in. Oh, we call that a Jane Doe down here. I think I sort of thought that this (laughs) nickname in a joke type thing would have made me sound really cool. (gasps) I look to my friend from earlier and give him a wink only to notice his mouth wide open, blood draining from his face. Uh, uh. The Ipswich guy said, call it a what? I reply, a Jane Doe, ugly from the start. You wouldn't get it, you don't know her. I look around for approval. I get none. Ipswich guy stands up, says, I probably do know her. I'm John. John uh. Doe. Uh. I then spend the next 20 minutes uh, trying to explain how Jane Doe is a common name. And this was a girl we knew from college, etc. Uh, it didn't work. I left uh, after that. I haven't seen any of them since. <laughs> I hate myself.
2: <laughs> um, so oh, I loved. love her story, which, uh, you know, it's, it's five years in the past. And <laughs> it has the line, I haven't seen any of them uh, since.
0: And he still hates himself.
2: Oh, before. that's great.
0: Okay, from Punkin. Allow me to set the scene. I live at the end of a cul-de-sac in a leafy suburb where all the neighbours have spookily manicured lawns, topiaried hedges and beautifully cultivated roses and hydrangeas. The gentleman who lives directly opposite we call Mr. Lawn Proud. I once saw him trimming his bizarre little patch of grass with kitchen scissors. We are the neighbours who prefer to leave things au natural. We have birds, bees, squirrels and badgers hanging out in the wildflowers in our little meadow. As I'm sure it has been for much of the country lately, it's certainly been for me vest and pants weather. One Sunday afternoon, while tending to the plants on the front windowsill, I spotted a cat chasing a squirrel across the road. Without thinking, I ran outside to save the squirrel from a fate worse than death, assuming being murdered for sport is a much worse fate than just any old death. And as I landed barefoot in the middle of the road, came face to face with Mr. Proud. He smiled and said, there was a cat chasing a squirrel. As if I might have run into the road in my undercrackers for any other reason. <laughs> Did she catch him? I replied, both myself and Mr. Lawn Proud pretending that I'm not standing in the middle of the road in my knickers. <laughs> I think he got away, he said. This is the first and hopefully only interaction I've ever had with Mr. Lawn Proud. I suspect we have come to a silent agreement to pretend it never happened.
2: Very good.
0: And this is from Beth in Liverpool. I have a story of shame that took place when I was about eight years old, which I realise may be too young to qualify as true drifter behaviour. After all, it's common for children to be shy and bad in social situations. Yes,
2: but th- I think these are the incidents that turn us into drifters. Oh. Anything that happens to you, six, seven, eight, like these are the ones that are formative memories that set you on the path to being a drifter.
0: Well, I think you're right because yes, though I can assure you, my skills have not improved much since this story occurred. Yeah, there
2: this, you go. This, this was the... Uh, this was the narrative. It was your defining you, yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was at my friend's house. Really, she was my older sister's friend and the three of us were playing together. Suddenly I realised that I needed to do a poo. Oh, sorry, I should warn, this <laughs> this story contains poo. Great. I was not a fan of defecating anywhere other than my own toilet at home, but it was something that needed to be done immediately. So I took myself off to the toilet. Once I'd finished, I realised with absolute horror that there was no toilet roll in the bathroom. I'm sure you can imagine how dramatic this was. I knew that I should simply crack the bathroom door open and call out to my friend's mum, telling her that I needed some toilet roll. But after thinking about it for about 10 minutes, I realised I couldn't face doing that. It was too embarrassing. Instead, I went to plan B. I pulled up my pants and snuck out of there, running bow-legged down the street to my house. (laughs) I knew my mum was out and I didn't have a key, so I opened the back gate and went into our back garden, hoping the back door would be open, but it wasn't. I frantically looked around for a solution to my problem and decided the only sane thing to do was pull my pants down and wipe myself clean with leaves I snatched off a nearby plant before tossing the soiled foliage behind a plant pot. I then snuck back to my friend's house and offered no explanation for my absence, which I'm not sure had even been noticed. I was the annoying little sister after all. To this day, I burn with shame at the memory of this incident. I'd like to think that I handled it like a little Bear grills, But really, <laughs> I was just a cripplingly shy eight-year-old girl wiping poo off herself with leaves. Ever since then, I always check there is toilet roll before doing my business lesson learnt. Oh,
2: I mean, I, I do love those stories. I know, as we've said before, it's 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 almost like, a, you know, it's binary, isn't it? Some people love nothing more than hearing them some people just as soon as you start on it like oh god why do people find this <laughs> funny I find almost nothing funny now, <laughs> but I won't something happened to me the other week that Annabelle knows about because I sent you the text exchange oh. between me and my wife are you gonna no it's, no. it's, it's be a bit much it's, it is I mean it's a bit much, much but suffice it to say I found myself <laughs> in the toilet of a pub at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning stripped completely naked oh sort of running out to a sink and wetting some toilet paper and trying to give myself a sponge bath. (laughs) And then I had to go to a Henny's and buy a new set of clothing. (laughs) it's a much longer story but we
0: don't need to know we just need to know that that, and and
2: while it was happening to me i was thinking i can never tell another human being about this in my life and And i think like an hour later i'd texted you (laughs) all the
0: details (laughs) and here you go now telling the end yeah
2: yeah Uh, anyway um please uh send us your story i mean like we always enjoy those the the poo ones, but that wouldn't. We're, yeah. we're that's probably a whole other podcast.
0: I think it probably is. Yeah, yeah.
2: It must exist, right?
0: If not, it's yours.
2: <laughs> Somebody must have already done it. But um, that aside, the the regular stories that we like, and you know, occasionally there is some crossover, as in that one there, yeah, yeah. Um, between social awkwardness and uh, and uh, little accidents. Yes, accidents. Um, But please uh, share your story of social ineptitude, if not toilet accidents, uh, with us at uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Have you prepared another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult?
0: I have. It's about trust. I don't mean trust in relationships. It goes without saying there's none of that. <laughs> I'd say that I'm 80% sure that my boyfriend is very, very slowly poisoning me so he can have the flat to himself and sole custody of our child without a court battle. But
2: <laughs> I heard when you and my wife because. Basically, I cooked this meal. Then you and Sarah sat talking while I went in and uh, hung out with Eugene. Mm. And I heard her discussing with you about all these plans she's made, if I drop dead or if, you know, I... I
0: they were very detailed plans. Really detailed? Very, extremely detailed, yeah. Do you think she's also well, it, going down the poisoning do route? You,
2: do, do you have contingency plans in place?
0: No, I don't.
2: No, no. I, should I, I thought probably. that was an odd, odd thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: they were very detailed. The, 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 the odd thing was how detailed they were. Yeah. The fact that I think she thinks about it a lot.
2: Like I just think, oh God, if Sarah died, I'd be inconsolable for weeks. For weeks. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, maybe I'd, I'd move to Sweden. <laughs>
0: i think i think she's a planner
2: yeah it's, yeah i think that's yeah, it you know, i think she's yeah. more a, worrier is a warrior is what it is she's obsessed planner. she's one of these people who, if she can't get hold of me on the phone she thinks i'm dead uh
0: okay so, so it makes sense that she's there yeah, for, yeah. i'm not going to say fantasize but she's planned ahead yeah. for a life and, without you and
2: like i'm a little like i'm i'm uh, just purely on a technical basis i'm a little bit overweight and she behaves as if my body is in such a state of poor repair. I'm about to kill over as a heart attack of at, a heart attack at any given time. Right, she's a worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, you think Tom is plotting?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm eighty percent sure that he's very, like very slowly, like like micro dosing, like yeah, 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 until I think he's what like a long term plan. Let's say five years until it finally catches up with me he's a young man I mean that's nothing in the grand exactly. scheme of things in his exactly, life exactly yeah um, but yeah I don't, I'm not talking about relationships but what I mean is pretty much everyone else like if someone asks me the time I'm convinced they're trying to steal my phone <laughs> even when I had a phone so bad the battery couldn't last through one Sainsbury shop like honestly even if the queen asked me the time my first thought would be oh, she wants my four-year-old iphone 6 <laughs> it's not just the, quiet, the time any question really like they want me to google it and grab my phone <laughs> But obviously, I always get my phone out. I'd rather get it stolen than an innocent person thought that I had them done as a criminal. Yeah. Water filter jugs. Don't trust them. I've got one of those ones where they say the filter lasts for four weeks. And on top of the lid, there is a digital display that counts down those weeks in four little tr- rectangles that disappear one by one as the weeks go on. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you reset it when you put a new one in. Yeah. I never trust that the water filtering powers are gone by the end of that four-week period. I always think they're ripping me off and trying to get me to put a new one in early. Because, also, how can it be that four weeks for every household, Like, how can it be the same for an old person who lives alone and drinks one glass of water a day, as old people don't really drink water, and that family with 28 kids and counting? Like, How can it be the same? It just can't be right. And yet this digital display is getting us all to change it after a month. And I'm also slightly suspicious of the timings. I haven't tested it. But are those little rectangles really taking exactly a week to disappear? Or is it actually maybe six days? They could be getting us to buy an extra two cartridges a year. I mean, there's a very good chance they're not. But has anybody timed it? The only reason I haven't is that it would involve checking it almost constantly. And I just don't care enough about it to do it. (laughs) Because what I do is I just add extra weeks on a standard. And to be honest, I often add like a few months on because it's an effort to buy the cartridges and then change them. And actually, I don't think I've ever used anyone else's water filter and seen anything but the rectangles all gone and (laughs) they've not bothered to change them. So I don't think I'm alone. But I think this distrust stems from someone once telling me about this guy ringing up a shampoo company CEO and saying, I can double your profits with three words. And he sold those three words for £10 million or something like that. And the words were, rinse, then repeat. I'm not entirely sure this is true. I, like, I might have told you about that. I don't know. Someone told me about it years ago.
2: Like, we have known each other a long time.
0: No, no. I mean, I remember the person who told me. and it who was, was a, it? He was called Louis. Uh, yeah. Wasn't that guy
2: Sparks? No,
0: no, no. no. It was before even oh, that. Oh, right, right. It was a really long time ago. But how is this maverick even getting to speak to the CEO?
2: (laughs) No. What does the contract look like?
0: (laughs) Who's reading the instructions on a shampoo bottle? (laughs) But it does make you think, do you really need a whole pea-sized amount of toothpaste on your toothbrush or are they ripping us off
1: as well?
2: things i wanted to talk to you about the possibility of doing some kind of live show but for our patreon supporters and the live show would be online because you know you can't do live shows easily at the moment with social distancing and so on so what do you think about it as an idea first of all
0: very interested
2: and then secondly like when should we do it like i'm interested to know what day of the week is best for drifters what time
0: what time is a good question yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, probably to be honest like saturday night 8 p.m would be fine for most people but like in I current climate no i don't this is it
2: i, I think maybe we'd be setting up ourselves up for a fall if we did it at 8 p.m on a saturday night because oh,
0: people are watching telly
2: and also not not even that but the expectations would be too high
0: Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Like,
2: if you went through the Radio Times And mm. figured out what the worst night for TV is mm. And said, why don't we do it at half past eight On a Wednesday or something mm. Would that work? Or, I mean, I just want to know Like, when Also, we've heard from a lot of people Who've emailed in over the years That people try and fail to get their loved ones To listen to the podcast mm. So if you live with somebody else Be it, a, you know, a housemate Or a family member Or a spouse or, or whatever you're going to have to extricate yourself from that and then go and sit in the maybe in the bathroom in shame with the door bolted.
0: Yeah. Well, this could and be. And then a like to... knock on the door and say, What are you doing in there? And you like
2: <laughs> you slap the lid of the laptop down because you're so ashamed <laughs> and that throw you're at yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and how would we do the I know this is logistics, probably not for now, but how do you do the guest list? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. We the, need to look into there's, it.
2: There's there's some kind of mechanism in place where you can send out a private link. Oh. So I think maybe it's like a Zoom call or maybe you do it on YouTube or whatever it is, but you could send out a private link oh, okay. and then do a, a live show. But its I've never done anything like this. I know Sarah's done some live stand-up comedy online, so I okay. could ask her about Stuff, it. Yeah. But, but the, the first thing I want to find out is if you are a Patreon supporter, would you be interested in that? And then if you would... Um, yeah, you know, what what night, what 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 time of week works best? What's
0: a good time for you? We'll try and accommodate. Like, yeah,
2: but I mean, we, we won't do a live show for everybody, but we'll see. We'll work out if some pattern emerges. Okay, great. Tuesday feels like a bit of a drifty day to me. Okay.
0: Do
1: You think yeah.
0: so? It's very hard to say. Well, this. This is the problem, yeah. is it?
2: Isn't it? So let's let's see if we get anything back on that, and then we can plan it. Because I think you know we want to say thanks to our Patreon supporters because mm-hmm. it's been uh, rough these last few months and yeah. uh, you've you know really helps us carry on doing the podcast uh so I, I think a live show could be just the thing and then is there anything you would like us to 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 do mm-hmm. is there anything in particular you'd like to see in a live show and uh, what this isn't going to be is one of these ideas that we just let you know get pushed further and further back i'm saying now and now is the what of september
0: mm, it is the to 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 to
2: eighth I would like to be doing this by, say, the first week of October. Great. Okay. Okay. If not sooner. So um, let let us know what you think. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Now, Annabelle, you've had a good idea.
0: Is it about my what not to say? Yes. Right, so what I'm going to do is, so this thing we've been doing, like laughing on the outside, dying on the inside, I'm going to do a chart, an easy reference chart. Down one side, you're going to have, profession or something so it'd be like window cleaner and then on the other side it'll be the thing that you mustn't say to them because they hear it all the time and they're sick of it so it'd be like window cleaner oops you missed a bit shop assistant Oh, that didn't scan. Can I have it for free? That kind of thing. It's a great idea. And it's gonna. And then you can have it for quick reference every time you, you need to see someone. Get it, it laminated. Get it laminated, and I'll put it on social media. Love you it. Can print it out. make it. it. Printable. Print it out. Get it laminated, and then you shall never again embarrass yourself oh, yeah. by saying yeah. something that they've heard a million times before.
2: Top notch. Have we got any of those for this week? Yeah. Can we hear some? Oh,
0: you want it now? Yeah,
2: get those those spectacles on. Give me one
0: second. I will
2: give you one second. Here
0: we go. Shauna, Duchess of Manchester. I was a bank teller in two different places several years ago as an in-between job. The first one was in a little country bank near a factory, and the second was in a very posh area of a big city. The main activity at the first one was cashing cheques on Friday afternoons, and the second was withdrawing fairly large sums of money from multiple accounts. You wouldn't think that these two clientele would have that much in common, but without fail, both groups of people responded to the question posed when assembling the cash, and how would you like that, with the stock phrase, anywhere I can get it, delivered with a hearty chuckle. (laughs) They also delighted in responding to the closing question of anything else for you today? With a clever little, you can throw in some extra bills in there. <laughs> wink, wink. I lost the ability to laugh and then <laughs> smile politely very quickly and abandon that line of work altogether. That's great. Ben says, I've, w- I've been working in kitchen appliance supply and installation for the majority of my career. Many, many years as an installer. We visited about four sites a day with appliances five or six days a week. Every single time, at every single site, another trace man would see you wheeling the kitchen appliances to the plots and shout out some variant of the following, My van's over there, mate. <laughs> I'll bring the van around and stick it in the back. That must be for me. Let me get my van keys. <laughs> After about five years of this, it actually sold in my adriftness. Initially, <laughs> I used to say something in lines of, Oh, <laughs> very original. Sorry, not this time, mate. Or, I won't tell if you don't. Ha 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 both was looking at the floor and shuffling into the plot. Then one day, something amazing happened. I just stared at the guy in question and made awkward eye contact and replied maniacally, Ha 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 ha, very original. I've never heard that joke before. You must be very funny. (laughs) And then carried on walking. The poor guy didn't know that my crazed response was a result of years (laughs) of oppression. Still, I think about that crushed look on his face to this day. Emily says, I'm a Canadian who has lived in London for nearly a decade. Every time I say I'm cold and I'm perpetually cold, someone says, shouldn't you be used to this?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, one more. This is from Janani. I work at Apple in Singapore in the product launch team. Yes, it is as fancy as it sounds. So every time I meet someone new or get introduced, their immediate response is always, oh, what cool products or cooler features launching this year? I promise I won't leak it to the media. Or I swear I won't quote you even if I do leak it. My response is always the same. A very lame James Bond style. Oh, I can tell you, but I'll have to of kill course. you. Yeah, yeah. Top with the world's most villainish. Billion, villainish fake laugh and a big swig at my martini cannot not it.
2: <laughs> I'm so excited I mean great to hear from everybody great to hear from Emily who uh, we nearly bumped into each other in the street the other day I later learned on Twitter. I don't know Emily, but we sort of know Twitter, know each other. Oh, okay. She tweeted me. But I'm so excited to have somebody who works at Apple listening to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That it's like the most valuable company in the world. So there are lots of people who work there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. every time I hear about somebody working at Apple, I feel like I've met a spy.
0: And do you say to them, ooh, what cool products or cool features are you launching
2: this year? I might have. have. Can you get me a prototype? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a relief when you hear these and you realise you haven't said them. Yeah, but then there are ones that have definitely said that. I think
0: I've said to a Canadian before, I think I always got this stock thing of like, it's a different kind of cold though, isn't it? It's a more damp cold here, whereas there is a more dry (laughs) cold. And that's the thing I always say to Canadians and I realise now they probably hear that all the time and I hate myself.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, and we, we're going to get this, uh, this. This. What will it? Will it be a meme? Do you think it won't be a meme? A meme. Will it? Will won't it be... Move the memes. Move. I don't. Th- I think a meme is anything that sort of goes viral and gets replicated. Oh, it'll be now, that. But yeah, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> it'll be
0: a chart.
2: <laughs> a table. We'll get the table. T- table, table for you to laminate in the uh, in the coming weeks, and but do keep those. Come in, yeah,
0: yeah. Because the more the merrier, we need to know them all, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't want like you know half half done job. I want every single one.
2: Have we got any other balls up in the air at the moment? There's the the, the your your inner life that nobody knows about. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. That's all I think.
2: Something I spend a lot of time googling that nobody really knows about yeah. is tailoring.
0: Tailoring, yeah. I I'm really
2: interested that. in. Ta- like, not in t- I'm not about to give it all up and become a tailor. But I like looking at different types of jacket that I can't afford. Do you? And learning about the difference between the Neapolitan cut and the London cut and stuff. I didn't
0: even know you knew about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Wow. And uh, you know, there's there's nothing of the dandy to me, but I really enjoy reading about those That's things. Very interesting. So you'd yeah. like,
0: in an ideal world, you'd be wearing the Neapolitan cut on the Orient Express.
2: Your other <laughs> bit of true, yeah, I probably would because you know I think. For something more formal, I'd, I'd like a London cut. Right, right. But, it, you know, if I was, for example, buying a blazer to go on holiday in, that's mm. what they call a sports jacket. Right. I think definitely I'd go for the Neapolitan okay. Cup of, cut. Okay. That's right. A, it's a bit more uh, sloped on the shoulders. <laughs> is that right? Honestly, when I can't sleep, I'm often thinking about things that I would have tailored if I had the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's wow. so weird, isn't it? It is weird. Uh, yeah, your inner life and, uh, you know, the things people say about your profession where you're laughing on the outside but dying on the inside. Email is hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
2: We have had the same postman here pretty much since we moved in five or six years ago. Very friendly. I think I've told you before that my small talk with him is very bad, but I get a lot of warmth off him and I I hope I reciprocate and, and show a lot of warmth. Okay. My son did something yesterday, which is the drifter's worst nightmare. Okay. There's a knock on the door. Eugene likes answering the door. So uh, we we run. He opens it. It's the postman. Eugene goes, what's his name? Oh, no. Of course you don't know. Of course I don't know. No. But then I feel guilty for not knowing.
0: But why should you know his name? No one knows their postman name, do they? People in rural areas? Oh, maybe. I feel terrible. I don't People know. People who know name. the names of...
2: People other than their immediate neighbours on either side. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I feel bad because I've, you know, chatted to him a lot over the years. He's so friendly, and he knows your name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Maybe you could say Well you know my name She's over my letters What's your name? Well I suppose was it in?
2: was the chance To find out his name But I sort of bottled it I went mm. Oh it's our friend It's the postman Who brings us all the great <laughs> things Good answer <laughs> It's our friend the postman Yeah Yeah He's you know He's a great guy He brings all You know When it's your birthday He brings all the cards and stuff And and then I was worrying Does just calling him the postman Feel reductive But actually what I was trying to do Was just babble so much That Eugene didn't Call him postman Pat because oh. i often call him postman pat. Oh. you know if, right. or, you know say our oh, postman pat's bringing it or whatever. right right. so he thinks all postman or or at least our postman is postman pat. and i thought that i bet you don't like that if you're a postal worker. i'm
0: sure. I'm very sure, yeah.
2: it's it's you know it's maybe the worst thing you can call a postal worker. even though in some ways pat is a good role model.
0: in some ways. well
2: yeah i know you think he's not with his vanity plates. <laughs>
0: a bit much but
2: yeah he's quite renegade as well what do you mean i don't know he seems to put a lot of effort so so my impression cuz my dad was a postman mm. that, that you've got a lot to do on a post round mm-hmm. and the sort of effort postman pack can go to to delivering one oddly shaped parcel to right. of, you know bringing helicopters and small light aviation vehicles into the, it,
0: but i think other post people might just send it back to the depot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I think his round is probably suffering. <laughs> there are people whose letters are arriving late mm-hmm. because he's flying a helicopter over a lake and over the Loch Ness. Or so. You know, you, you, you get what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, the, the lengths he will go to deliver a parcel are admirable, but I can't imagine there isn't a the cost to people on his regular round. Yeah.
0: Okay. See your point. I think
2: that like you thought about a lot. Not that much. That's why it wasn't terribly okay, articulate. Okay, okay. Um, so there was that. Then the other thing. This isn't at all driftery, but I'm reading a book at the moment that I think is so good that I thought I would share it with the Fiction listeners. Fiction or
0: non-fiction?
2: Non-fiction, okay. um, but it's it's sort of uh, genre crossing. It's it's a bit genre bending. Okay. It's called The Gospel of Eels by Patrick Svensson. And it's about eels.
0: Have you told me about this already or someone else told me about this? I'm
2: confused. Did we talk about it in the podcast
0: no, last no, week? No, no, no. Tell me more. I think you might have mentioned it already or or someone else has.
2: I go, I'm now worried that I talked about it last week. I don't think I'd bought it by that stage. No, no. no tell,
0: tell me more about it. So
2: it's, it's about eels and it's about, you know, just what amazing creatures they are. It's also about the history of the study of eels and how it's consumed people over the years from sort of Aristotle uh, to Sigmund Freud as a young man when he was a scientist. And the, the other part of it's a memoir, the, the writer. Um, it's a, a memoir of his relationship with his father and they used to go eel fishing.
0: Tell me the most amazing thing you've learned about eels since reading it.
2: I'm glad you asked. Okay. Eels start life in the Sargasso Sea. Do you know where the Sargasso Sea is? I know, it's wild. It's wild. It's it's sort of over, it's off Cuba and North America and, you know, that type of area, Caribbean. Caribbean, yeah, 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 there. I think it's where three or four different seas oceans maybe even meet and then there's this weird sea but the Sargasso Sea even isn't in one place all the time it moves a little bit you couldn't point at a map and say here are the boundaries of the Sargasso Sea so that's interesting so they start there
0: all eels all eels no No, I mean it, it gets better
2: no they start there tiny tiny specks the currents bring them across the Atlantic to Northern Europe by this stage they're about as big as a willow leaf so tiny right not not you know proper creatures they're still quite I don't, I don't know if embryonic is quite the word for fish sea sea creatures or whatever they then go from being sea creatures to river creatures they go into the inlets of rivers and they find a home and they're it's solitary you know then they're, they're not operating as part of a team or a pack they're doing it individually. Right. They find uh, like the bank of a river, a muddy bank of a river that they like, and then they decide to live there. And if, as has happened, scientists or bi- biologists like take them and study them and move them somewhere else, they find their way back to wherever that home was within a couple of weeks, almost always. Okay. They live there, sometimes for 30, sometimes 50 years. Whoa. Then they decide... They're going to reproduce.
0: Yeah, and they go home. They go, they to, go s- to the Sargasso Sea. They day. do not. Yeah.
2: How do they know? How do they remember? They just started as Specs.
0: I kept thinking, well, this doesn't sound right. Like, how do yeah. how can they all come from one place? And yeah, no, that all mean come they would from have one to go back. And of course, they yeah. can't go. No, I yeah. use this. Is you making it up? Is it true? No,
2: it's it's true. Honestly, and on, I'm you know I'm deliberately trying not to give to There's loads of other stuff as well. Why
0: don't we all know about this? I why know. Am I any, why am I only learning this now? Well, I
2: remember years ago I had this girlfriend Sharon, and her sister was dating was dating somebody who studied Eels. And I remember him telling me some of this stuff at the time, and then saying to my girlfriend Sharon. God, Daryl just told me this about eels and telling her all this stuff. And she went, I don't believe Daryl. You've got to take what Daryl says with a pinch of salt. And it turns out, I think wrote his was... book. it's so good. I thought the
0: most interesting thing about eels until this
2: point was that some were electric. I mean, that that, that hasn't been even even been touched that, upon. That's the least interesting thing about it. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Like, for, I'm, I'm for years people like there were all the people only worked out this stuff about where they came from i think in the early part of the 20th century and for a long time people just thought like they appeared by magic or they grew out of dead creature i mean yeah wow it's so good this book um and i thought i'd recommend it to the drifters okay great it's called a gospel of eels by patrick (laughs) svenson Boundary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle.
0: I'm just going to go back to something quickly do you remember a conversation we've had in recent weeks about the bicycle bell and coming up behind yes. someone and yes. how hey, do you ring it or not do you sound arsey? Yep. blah 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 yeah well this, this email i found very interesting on this subject It's from dan he says a friend of mine were just having the bell conversation in that we we're on a bike ride and got honked at by a car coming up behind us he asked was that a friendly just letting you know i'm here kind of honk or a get out of the way kind of honk I, of course, didn't know, but we did continue discussing the communication gap and the fact that there should be a product available to fill it. Yes, We have many different universal hand gestures that allow us to express our precise feelings or intentions. I think it is high time we can do the same with sounds. Mm. Of course, we could just use our voices and words, but please, we're talking about drifters here. There should be a bell or a horn with multiple options to provide clarity to our message. A friendly tinkle could be the polite, don't want to scare you, just letting you know I'm coming up message. A more aggressive clanging could be that you're hogging the path, get out of the way. Different sounds for different intentions. It doesn't have to be complicated. Everyone can tell the difference between happy versus sad versus scary music. Bike bells and car horns should be the same. If you do come up with a solution and go on to fame and fortune, I would expect exclusive rights to distribute your product in the U.S.,
2: it's, it's a great idea. It's a
0: fantastic idea. Why is, just even in terms of the car horn, why is there just one? There should be a choice of three different ones. Yeah, A friendly, like, hello, or...
2: There were a few, when I was growing up, I think in the 80s, there was a phase of people having novelty car horns. Oh. You know, things which went... Da, 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 da.
0: And that was, if I remember, horrendous, so... Or the jigs yeah. of hazard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. Hmm.
2: I really wanted my dad to have that horn. On Too this. much personality going on. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, exactly that. Yeah,
0: yeah. But but something c- that conveys meaning rather than personality is what I'm looking for. Yeah, because
2: there's, there's, with car horns, the sort of friendly beep, angry beep. Yeah. You're trying to discern which it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think I it's think... very easy to accidentally give an angry beep when you only mean to give a friendly beep.
0: I do think the DVLA would argue that you're only supposed to ever do the angry beep. It's not there for being
2: friendly. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think if you, oh, the oh. highway code, and oh. I say this as a non driver, yeah. I think think it means i am here i think it's it's there to you, you you're only supposed to use a horn to signal your presence in case you think the other person that doesn't uh, know hasn't seen you so it shouldn't ever yeah. be
0: angry or friendly really no it should just be i'm here
2: yeah i've not been bibbed up for a long time you know in a friendly way i don't know if it's because i live in london and i'm less likely to see people i know driving cars and i don't know that many people who have cars anyway but I used to, I miss that from my hometown, just been walking down the street oh, and somebody gives a of me a bit yeah. And if I'm in a world of my own, I kind of jump out of my skin. Yeah,
0: it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't miss it. No, no, I don't at all. It's it.
2: a great idea though. Mm, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm really maybe someone into can do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Jack. So we've got some clarification on tipping. We did that last week. Mm. But what about tipping abroad? Mm. In his case, America. Despite having been to America four times, having been to 12 NFL games, sadly only one in the States. And is it Jack It is, yes. Aww. And regularly taking off the day after the Super Bowl since 2013 so I can watch it live with my best friend and the American History Masters degree. I'm still not clear on tipping in the States. Last time when having a small lunch in Boston, if I paid a tab more, I'd get a second home there, it came to about $30 and I tipped the waiter, who sat me at the big awesome table by the door when he saw my walking stick, a $20 bill. My question is this, was that too much? What's the general rule for tipping stateside? I'm sure you'll agree that this is the most burning issue facing the United States right now.
2: So I mean, I I just assume, Jack that they would have thought you were some kind of eccentric billionaire. That is, a, at I that think point. he's
0: what what percent? That's like a huge percentage. I think like twenty percent is normal in America.
2: Isn't it is twenty percent is normal. You should know they they do expect because Sarah was a waiter, uh, waitstaff, wait. I feel uncomfortable saying the word waitress because it's gendered. But mm. there's there's just there's, say waiting staff. Then. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then staff sounds weird, like it's mm. Downton Abbey. <laughs> um, but. She was a server. Is that the word we use when we were talking to the secret waiter? Did that come up? I think
0: it did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so twenty percent is standard. 20,
2: yeah, in but they expect Europeans to be tight. Oh, so yeah. You can get so away with ten percent. You could, but I mean, if you if you if if you're tipping in part to ingratiate yourself, tip at least twenty percent.
0: So really, he should have tipped six dollars, and he gave twenty. But this
2: this this is the thing, though. I I do think. Sometimes people leave big tips in the states, but I don't know if it's just sort of celebrities. Yeah, I would have thought so. Uh, I think I wonder if Sarah's. Should we
0: shout her? Yeah, she was she, like she's the expert on tipping in America.
2: Let me. Let me try and get her on the.
0: What do you think she's doing right now? Well,
2: I think Jean should be in bed, but because oh. we all had that dinner together, I don't mm. know if maybe that's running a bit late. She and might she's be just singing a lullaby. Oh no, oh, there she, there she is. is! There she is! Hi. Hi, um, we won't won't drag you all the way up here. We were just we were just doing Quandary Corner, and Jack had emailed in, and he was asking about tipping in the who did, states. Who emailed Jack, Jack McMorrow, oh. the legend that Wait. is. We've met him at the uh, at the pictures when we've been to the pictures in Hackney. He works there. He's a great guy. Um, anyway, of uh, he's talking about going to Boston, and he had a thirty dollar check in a restaurant, and he left a twenty dollar tip. So my question is, if you were working in that restaurant, as was your previous life, how common is it for somebody to leave like an enormous tip like that? I mean what what is that? It's two thirds, isn't it? So mm-hmm. like a, a uncommon. 60- it's uncommon. Is it unheard of or uncommon? I don't
1: think it's unheard of, but 20 dollars $20 on a thirty dollar check is like rich per- you know, like, oh, that's a celebrity who's
0: trying to... That's
2: what I said. So if I was a, a celebrity, like an A-list celebrity, I'd be going around sort of leaving obscene amounts of money so that I had a good reputation. And, and I'm yeah. presuming those are the... So, so even if somebody is a captain of industry, nobody knows who they are and they're not leaving tips like that, right? No,
1: that's very atypical.
2: Okay, okay. If you were the helpful? person who, who had served uh, Jack great guy in boston like you you just think what a, what a what a what a what an eccentric Englishman. i wonder if he's a billionaire
0: yeah the word eccentric wouldn't occur to me i'd go oh that's like a great rich person and he's really kind
2: Aww. great good to know good to know what are you what are you um, eat what you
1: eating the remainder of a peach
2: nice <laughs> all right bye bye there you go. well, there's, uh, that's sorted. I think that that's very clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one then from Lee in Portsmouth. I went into a pub restaurant for the rump steak. The server, server took my order and whilst the price she said to pay was less than what I asked for, I assumed this was down to a special offer or similar. What came was a steak pie, not what I wanted. I just accepted this and put it down to me not querying it at the time when the price was quoted. What should I have done?
2: Eat your pie. Eat your pie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really think there's
0: no other answer there. Yeah. I'm not saying it's your fault, but what can you do? Yeah. Just put it down to experience. Yeah.
2: Just eat that pie.
0: Yeah. It's not vastly different, is it? <laughs> and it was cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That was easy.
2: Good. Uh, if you, you have anything for Quandary Corner, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> And that was this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for being there week in, week out. Um, unless you've been away for like... But, but there we go. If somebody has been away for like 100 episodes and they've just come back, then I don't want to say we love them more like the prodigal son because that would encourage other people to do it. But and any scenario is great. If you're tuning in for the first time, if that's downloading for the first time, we welcome you. It's thrilling to have a new listener. If you've been with us forever, that's equally thrilling. If you sort of got out of the habit... And then came back again. Thrilling. It's all just thrilling. Yeah, there's there's no bad version of this. No. Um, the only bad version of this, is if somebody is forcing you to listen to this and you're not at all enjoying it, if you're in captivity. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't expect us to help you. We're <laughs> on the we're on the side of your captor. <laughs> uh, thanks to the Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music and Carla Gowlett took the photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. We'd love to hear from you. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com and I I would like to dedicate this week's episode to Jane Doe. Podication time and this comes from wise baroness louise she says lou or to use my full title wise baroness louise which means she's a patreon supporter Mm. because that's part of what you get uh hello annabelle and jeff i'm a long time listener long time lurker i started listening to your radio show when i got my first radio in my bedroom many years ago now but have never joined in that's that's quite interesting do you not think
0: they're not joining in?
2: No, I think like most people never join in with a radio show or a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, people who do, it's it's great to hear from them. But I think to go that long and then at this point...
0: Oh, break ...to that. cross
2: the stream yeah. is, 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 is a bit... Welcome, it's welcome to this side of the shore, Lou. It's, it's good to hear from you. Radio in her bedroom. Do you think that was... She used to listen to the late night show then?
0: Sounds like it, the yeah. The show, yep.
2: Um, to commemorate becoming a Patreon supporter... Dude, love it. I've been very uh, nostalgic for that late night show recently. Have you? That's yeah. Nice. I wonder if it's just part of me thinking, I should really try and get a job. <laughs> you're nostalgic for a job, is what Yeah, you're yeah, forget a, a full-time jobs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to commemorate becoming a Patreon supporter, I thought I would request a for myself. This also coincides with me starting a new job, which so far has been fraught with awkward interactions and internal cringing nothing substantially enough to write in about just a constant stream of micro drifter moments and me wondering how much easier life must be for the socially competent why isn't this taught? why isn't this taught in school like cycling proficiency test but for social skills before you're sent out into the world i think that's why people went to those swiss finishing schools isn't it yeah you learn to balance books on your head yep and then just how to interact with people. And what category to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. why those people And small talk. Yeah, and that's why those people run the run the world. Yeah, they, basically. Can get, they can get
0: in a car without showing their
2: knickers and that makes <laughs> them better than all of us. Um it's a good idea. Well but is it? There'd be no podcast that... <laughs> <laughs> if if everybody had yeah, those skills. Yeah. I have to say, I prefer, generally speaking, give me a drifter over a confident person any day
0: oh please don't we all agree on that yeah Yeah. well there there you go
2: um well thank you thank you for being with us this long and thanks for joining in now yes lovely great to great to have you uh so there is the oh and my advice for anybody starting a new job is just try and conceal your personality as much as possible for six to eight months
0: and then you can slowly let it slide
2: yeah yeah um yeah, th- thanks uh, Thanks for sticking with us, Lou. And this is your podcast And if you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.